Hey guys, it is Luke here from The Issue. Thank you for listening to The Issue Podcast. Make sure you guys catch us two days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys stream your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a voicemail on our Anchor website. You can find that in our Twitter bio, which is at The Issue Podcast, or find us on Instagram at The Underscore Issue Podcast. Guys, make sure to tell your friends if you like the show, and thank you for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Saturday, May 29th. Another episode here. Had about a week off. Tim was on vacation. Back in studio now. Ready to go. Came back to some rainy weather here in the Berg, though. Not not too pleased about it. Not. No. It's tough being at the beach and then coming back to somewhere that's always so cloudy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but it was like 80-something here all week, though. Um, it's that's been a nice true. week, hasn't it? hasn't it been? I, mean, I was checking the, the weather. For the like, most you know, part, 70s, yeah. 70s, 80s, sunny. For the most part, pretty nice. Um, but, I mean, we're about to have a week full of rain now, so. Yeah, ebbs, the ebbs and flows of May, you know. <laughs> Gotta love it. But, um, I mean, since we've last talked, it's been penguins are out of the playoffs. We'll talk about that later. That won't hurt. Um, hurt. No, but we have a pretty good episode, though. So we're going to get into some of the penguin playoff stuff. But first, uh, Tim has a rant on the NFL and uh, Jalen Hurts. Oh, my God. Once again, kind of like last episode, a little bit of deja vu. Um, And then we're going to get to a break. Coming out of the break, though, we'll have some MLB updates, some news out of the MLB, and then we will get into uh, our game up, down, sideways that Tim will play with an NFL team is trending up to win the Super Bowl, down, or sideways. Uh, but first, yeah, guys, I, go to our Instagram. Oh, yeah. At yeah. the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Uh, you can email us. That is the issue mailbox at gmail.com. Um, that, if you go to our Instagram, there's a link now that you can email us from, right okay. from the Instagram. Pops right. up a draft. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can do it through that or just type it in the issue mailbox at gmail.com. Also, when you hit the little link tree in the uh, the Instagram or the Twitter or you know however you get it, um, when you go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever, you know, however you. Get your podcast. Hit the follow button. Hit the whatever the subscribe, the follow, whatever that application has, whatever that platform has. Click the button. That way you know when we post. Come get your sports news. Come hear me, you know, talk about Jalen Hurts a lot, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, About the Penguins, Pirates, everything really. Yeah. You know, anything you would need to know. So hit the subscribe button. Turn on some post notifications. And then reach out to us. So. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, but I do want to talk. So last episode, you know, I talked about how I don't get the hype around Jalen Hurts, right? Right. Well, now, he's been labeled a dark horse to win the MVP. His odds are 50 to 1. 50 to 1 to win MVP. Okay, we're going to come back to that. Now, it's, now, the, the, now this hype around Jalen Hurts. It's, it's, it's mostly this woke, you know, inclusive social media group where everybody has to be a star. Nobody can just be a mediocre quarterback anymore. Even Jared Goff, who is, you know, I like Jared Goff more than the most, but he's a very average, he's a Kirk Cousins, mediocre, average quarterback. 
He's somewhere between this 16th and 20th best quarterback probably right now. Even he gets hyped up sometimes. I'm like, oh my, what are we doing here? Jared Goff's an okay quarterback. He's a little bit limited. He's okay. Let's call it what it is. Let's come to the realization that Jalen Hurts is not a great quarterback. But I get it. I get it. It's because Jalen played on the big stage, and he's always been a, you know, a really good guy, a teammate, a leader. You see the videos of him working out. You know, extremely motivated. Yeah, really extremely motivated player. and a really good guy. Yep. Yeah, and he works hard. He's a, he was a really good college player, and he, he's always worked hard. Right. The issue is that he's just not good. Now, granted, Mitch Trubisky had more starts, but I'm going to outline it for you. He's a significantly better, okay, well, maybe not significant, but decisively better thrower of the football. He's he's more accurate, more consistently. His timing's better. He throws a better deep ball. He's got a better sense of touch. And I guess when to have a lack of touch, when to just zip it in there, he's got that sense better than Jalen Hurts does. But he got run out of town. Even though he's winning quarterback, got to the playoffs, I think, almost every year. Don't quote me on that. But he got to the playoffs a lot. Won a lot. Had a winning record. Mitch won Trubisky. A lot. Mitch Trubisky, yes. Yep. Now, Jalen Hurts only, has only been in four games, right? He also got to sit for the first 12 games. I want to throw that out there. Got to sit for the first 12 games. Got to learn a little bit, right? 52% completion percentage. 1061 yards. Six touchdowns, four picks. He was one and three, though. Now, Mitchell Trubisky's first four games. Now, they're going to sound way worse, but I'm going to get into more. Now, he's just thrown in. He didn't have to sit. He, he didn't have the, you know, the, the option to sit out the and, and watch sitting. 12 games. Yeah. He's thrown in, had to start. Had to be a tough franchise, too. You got to perform. You know, I guess Philly's tough, but I something about Chicago. There's more tradition, I feel like. This is weeks one through four. Or one, two, three, yeah, four. <laughs> Went two and two. 500, 512 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. So not as productive. 50% completion percentage, so not quite as accurate. Two and two, though. I want to throw that out there. He went two and two opposed to one and three. Okay, so now Mitch, now let's take his first 12 weeks, throw him away as if he was sitting on the bench, learning just like Jalen Hurts was. Jalen Hurts actually got in the game some, too, when they would sum into some packages and stuff like that. So we'll give Mitch 12 weeks to say. Let's go with Mitch's last four games, weeks 13 through 17. Oh. Huh. Oh, well, he's starting to look like a little bit better of a quarterback. Went 2-2 two and two again, so a more consistent quarterback. Had 1,000 yards, four touchdowns, three picks, so not quite as good ratio-wise, but, you know, negligibly different. A touchdown or two here. A pick here. 65.5% completion. Pass rating in the 80s. In the low 80s. Had some rushing touchdowns as well. Well, they seem like very similar quarterbacks. Well, now Mitch Trubisky's a backup. Jalen Hurts is a dark horse candidate for MVP. Now, 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 now. Hold up. I'm not saying that... That Jalen Hurts isn't better. Because I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. I think what he offers at the position athletically in and from ceiling. a lead for, Yeah, in the ceiling and from a leadership standpoint is better than Mitch Trubisky. I don't think I'm not arguing that Mitch Trubisky's a better quarterback. I'm arguing that his stats aren't that much worse to put him in a backup role behind Josh Allen. 
especially behind a Josh Allen. Not even a backup role where he's competing for something. It's like, hey, man, you know. You're never going to play. You're never going to play. If Josh, if Josh Allen dies, we're going to put Josh Allen out there on one leg before you get in there. That's it. But it's because Mitch wasn't in the spotlight. You know, there's not videos of Mitch working out after games. But you get the point. So, so back to the odds thing that I wanted to discuss. These are the, the following people have the same odds to win MVP as Jalen Hurts. Joe Burrow, Derrick Henry, and Jameis Winston, who's actually 60-1, to 1, so slightly worse than Jalen Hurts. <sighs> okay, let's discuss that. We're going to get to Jameis and Joe first. We're going to obviously get to, to Derrick Henry. He's great. We're going to get to that. How about start with Jameis Winston and Joe Burrow? They should be brutally offended. They should be royally, capitally offended that they are put in the same category as Jalen Hurts when it comes to football skill at the quarterback position. Jameis Winston never had a year under an 84 pass rating. Can we let that sink in? 84 pass rating. Jalen had a 77-6. Jameis Winston at one point threw for 5,000 yards in a season. That's fairly rare and special. Jalen Hurts works out after games. That's not all that rare. That's not all that special. A lot of people work out after games. Not everyone films it. Joe Burrow, with a significantly worse roster at the time. I think now, I'd actually probably pick Cincinnati as a better team than Philadelphia after these offseason moves in the draft and such. At the time, Joe Burrow, worse roster. Went for 2,700 yards. That's 23rd in the league. So he's the 23rd best quarterback yardage-wise. He only played 10 games. He played 10 games. He's the 23rd best quarterback. Yardage-wise. With a horrid offensive line. Absolutely awful. He had 13 touchdowns, 5 picks, and an 89.9 pass rating. Again, Jalen Hurts. 77-6. Didn't put his team on his back really at all. There were some games where Joe Burrow, you could see, was the best player on the football field. At least the most gritty and the most dedicated to win. Joan Hurts had one win in four tries. Hmm. So now how about Derrick Henry? Now this guy is carrying a franchise. Do we do we realize that? Can we, can, we just, can we take a step back for a second? The Titans are a mediocre team without Derrick Henry. They're slightly above average with him. Without him, they're, you know, a 7 and, well now, 10 team. That's it. That's it. He has two straight 2,000-yard seasons. Only seven other running backs have even done that once in a row. He has two straight 2,000-yard seasons. That's historic. And you're going to put him as the same odds as a quarterback that's played four games. Four games. And, and has won, lost. And won one game of them. Won of one the game. Completes 53% or 52% of his throws, I'm sorry. And has a 77 pass rating. And we're going to put him in the same category, odds-wise, to win MVP. As Derrick Henry, who has two straight thousand-yard seasons, that's historic. Right. I don't think that's like saying Look. Brian Scalabrini, the, the the White Mamba, big, tall, red-haired dude, probably good at basketball, way better than ninety-nine point nine percent of the population. Great guy. Not trying to pick on him, but that's like being like, oh, he had four games that he averaged over that span thirty points a game. Oh, I think he could probably be league MVP, or put him in the same category as say. I you know I don't know like a Damian Lillard, kind of an underrated guy like a Derrick Henry maybe. What are you doing? What are you, or like a Steph Curry, a historic player 
It's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. This Hurts hype has got to just chill. It's got to stop. I mean, it's getting out of hand now to the point where if you're going to if you're going to compare past Pro Bowl players and give them the same odds to win MVP as a as a second-year quarterback with four games of experience and even putting Burrow on that list, like you said, that's shocking. This well, dude, yeah. he, he played, I mean, yes, he's a rookie or he was a rookie. He played 10 games, got injured, but I mean, still The fact that he's even in the same category as Henry is is crazy to me too. Yes. I just think it's more crazy for Hurts. Yeah, no, I get right. what you're saying. I don't think Hurts belongs with Burrow, though. No, either. I think Burrow, if you want Burrow at 51, I'd say, say 50 to 1 is a good number for Burrow. Okay. That means Jalen Hurts has to be somewhere around Sam Darnold and Big Ben, who are both at 100 to 1. Yeah. He's got to be somewhere around there. Big Ben's aging. I'd I, say at least 90s. I'd, minimum 90s. I'd say maybe even over 100. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's, he's. I'd pick Sam Darnold today if I had to put money down for MVP pick. I'd pick Sam Darnold and if you're putting, over Jalen Hurts. And if you're putting Joe Burrow at 50 to 1, I'm putting Derrick Henry at 20. <laughs> yeah, the issue is that the, the, the quarterback position is more valuable than right. the running back position. is generally picked more often, but I, I'm with you. Exactly. I'm with you. I'd put Derrick Henry somewhere in the 30s probably. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. But, you know, while we're talking about Jalen Hurts, I want to predict his stats for this upcoming season. We're okay. going to have to save this paper. So his 2021 season. Just write it down on a post-it note and keep it until it's wrong like the other one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to predict 3,300 pass yards. That's average, right? That's, you know, a bad or that's that's like a Ryan Tannehill average season, yeah. right? Even though Tannehill's been playing really well, you know that's like a that's like a Big Ben season, an average season. That's somewhere around the fourteenth to twelfth best quarterback, absolutely yardage wise. And I think you know Hertz could be maybe yardage wise, um, seven hundred rush yards because I think he's going to scramble a lot. It's going to be yeah. I think he's he's going to realize that he can't really rely too heavily um, on his arm. He's he's. It's he's inevitably going to run a lot, especially that offensive line is aging. Towards yeah. the end of the year, they're not going to be holding up well. No. I haven't looked at their schedule, but um, I, I think if I remember correctly, they faced some decent pass rushes at the end. And with an old offensive line, he's going to be running. Yeah, um, I'll go with 18 pass touchdowns. I don't see much more than one a game. That's that's about one a game. 17 games. You know, I could even I could even probably revise that to 17 and be comfortable. I'll keep it at 18. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll go I'll go nine rushing. And I think about every other week he gets in with his legs just because he's so active with his legs. Um, ten picks, I'd say. Ten, ten. Hmm. I think I'd feel better with eleven. Eleven. I think, I think I'm gonna feel. I think I feel better with eleven picks. I'm gonna go fifty-three percent completion percentage. I think he's gonna stay fairly consistent with his completion percentage. Fifty-two last year in four games. I think at max fifty-six. I'm gonna predict fifty-three. I, he's not an accurate throw of the football. Mm-hmm. There's some throws where he just missed people like. Brutally missed people. Clean pocket or got outside the pocket, had nobody near him. Just flat out missed guys. And you can't I'll go do 53% that. fifty-three percent completion percentage. I, I I feel good about that. Okay. You get that written down, and we will put that away. You're gonna have to do your MVP prediction again this year. We're both gonna have to get one of those in. Yeah. When we do along, we'll do that when we do the divisions. Yeah, I think right at the end of the divisions there would be good. Yeah, we'll just do that when we predict all that stuff. That should be good. That'll be starting in July sometime, right? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. Which is uh, actually coming up pretty quick. I mean, we'll be in June for the next episode. This is probably going to be the last one in May. 
I'm going to throw in. I think he has three fumbles. You, th- he'll, you think he'll throw, uh, fumble three times? Mm, two. Good looks. Thank you. I think twice is a, is a, is a normal fumble. Well, that ain't, that's on rushing attempt, not like sack fumbles, though. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep fumbles out of it because that, that just opens. There's so much leeway. Yeah, because he gets sack fumbles. I, I meant as a runner, but, you know, I don't know if you think that's a stat. And then uh, 53% completion. Okay. All right, I got it all written down. That way we don't forget. That's good. We do that a lot when we forget before we write it down. Get we that forget thing a inked. lot of times before we write it down. Yeah, that's what I, mean. that's what I just said. Uh, um, all right, so let's get into the thing that's been weighing on every single person that is a Penguins fan, and that's from Pittsburgh. Early exit once again. Penguins fall to the Islanders. For the second time in three years in, in the game, first round. In game six, four to two is how the series ended. Um, I'm going to be honest. Didn't even feel that close. It really didn't. It felt closer to a like a like a like a four one instead of a four two. Yeah, I didn't even really feel like we won that second game. Really, I thought we got outplayed in almost. So if you took the periods combined, so what three times six games? That's eighteen periods. I think we got outplayed for about twelve to thirteen of those periods. To be to be brutally honest with you, I think I think the first two periods of our wins. So game two and game three, those first two periods, we outplayed them. So I'd say that's what that's four periods right there. Um, the first period of game five was it? I like that one as well. So five, yeah, I think maybe we get outplayed twelve or thirteen of those periods. Yeah, it didn't. You look can't good. win like that. I mean, we just looked really slow to the puck um, on a lot of the pinches. Not good for a speed team. And I also saw Chris Letang muff probably about five or six pucks that he was trying to hold in that he just didn't. It just got by him and ended up, you know, back at center ice. Another problem, Jari is not an NHL caliber, caliber goaltender. I need to learn how to talk before this episode ends. Jari does not look good. I think when you have a glaring weakness like, like high glove side, not only is it, gl- I, I would have to pull up the stats. I don't know if they they even do these stats. To me, it felt like almost fifty percent of glove side shots went in yeah. when they shot on his glove on high glove side. I feel about fifty percent of those shots went in, at least from a consumer who watched pretty much every shot of this series, mm-hmm. or at least heard about every shot of this series. And uh, usually, the announcers are pretty good at telling you where the save was. You know, oh, glove save by Jar. You know, kicks out by the pad. Right. It seemed about 50% of the time he let in glove side, high glove side. That yeah. can't happen. I mean, when you're continuously holding your breath every single time that your goalie's getting shot at, I think that's a bad that's a bad look right there. Every single time I saw somebody coming down on that, on that left wing and they're going to shoot across the net high glove, I was like, it's over. Like, this puck's going in. Yeah. He hasn't stopped it all series. He hasn't proven he can stop it. And I don't know what it is, but it looks like he has almost little to no range of motion in his shoulder. Like, the way he holds his glove and he, like, reacts, it, like, he doesn't get his glove above his shoulder ever. Yeah, and, and I think he goes down a little bit early. I know in the first couple games of the series, at least I, I was listening to a lot of the games. Early, a lot of the game with um, Phil Bork was saying, what? he's just going down too early. He's just going... Phil Bork's played thousands of NHL games. He's like, he's just going down too early. It's simple as that. 
He's just he's down too far to get his glove up to top shelf. And uh, it, it's just not good. You, you can't do that. And I thought also the timing of when he let up some of the goals was just so inopportune. I know it's, you know, that's hard to control. And it's easier said than done. Just, oh, you know, go shut him out for eight minutes of a, a certain stretch of eight minutes. you got to find a way to do it, though. It's almost like a pitcher in baseball saying, hey, I know three, four, five's coming up this inning, but we just scored two runs to, to go up by one. we got some momentum. You have to throw a shutdown inning. You have to go out and throw a shutdown inning. You see in the sixth inning, your starter had a tough day. You're down 4-2. You go back, score three runs, you're up by one. You cannot let up runs in the top of the seventh. Right. You cannot do it. So you have to you have to slam the door. In that game, what was that, game five or six? No, I think it was six. I actually don't remember if it was five or six. But every time, no, I think it was six. Every time we scored, they scored within two minutes. That was you six. gotta find you gotta find a way to, to slam the door for seven, eight minutes to at least give your offense some momentum and a chance to get another one. Right, and, and grow that lead. Um, the big thing that stood out to me, game five. Okay, I don't know if you saw the shots. Is that when we got for game? Oh, five? Wait, no, that's not when we got absolutely no, slammed. We is it? outshot them. Yeah. What forty three to twenty seven or something something like that? like that and and they won, yeah. Like, come on, you have to be able to make that save, and you have to start making timely saves. Also, you gotta get traffic to the net. Forty three shots, and we only scored what? What did we score two there? And then the third, the, they scored three that overtime winner. Yeah, so we only scored twice in forty three shots. You got to get more mayhem to the net. You gotta get some deflections. You gotta get him off his game. Sorokin was just way too comfortable. He was way too comfortable. He was standing there, looked unfazed. I didn't see one person other than Brandon Tanev in like game two bump into Ilya Sorokin. Or I'm sorry, game one. You you gotta make him uncomfortable. You gotta get in his crease. You can't just sit there and, and just let him get comfortable and then stop forty some of forty some shots. That's insane. The Islanders would have swept us if they played Sorokin the whole time. If I remember they, saying, if they why did, put, did they play Varlamov? I don't know why they did, so I'm, I'm with you. If they put, if they would have never put him in, I feel like they would have beaten us. The Penguins could not get a single puck behind Sarukin. And it was getting on my nerves because we were having some good opportunities. At the end of the day, we did have a lot of really good opportunities, and the Penguins did look really good this season, well, yeah, especially I mean, towards yeah, the end of the season. I agree. you got to tip your hat to Sorokin, too. This dude was making acrobatic saves, and I'm talking like... Crosby, Rust, and Gensel flying in on a three-on-one. And, like, yeah. beautiful tic-tac-toe passing and puts it in the perfect spot. And this dude comes flying across the net and, like, with the tip of his stick, just, like, gets it out of there. Yeah, he, like, he, Are he you kidding killed. me? Yeah. So, I mean, he did play really good. It, hats off to him. But, but I mean, Jari was abysmal. Jari was just the absolute opposite on the other end. You could, you could see... There's some games like in the NFL, right? So you, you go and you see like, oh, for example, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You could see like exactly why that game was lost. You'd be like, oh, the Chiefs can't block anyone. That, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. You can see exactly why they lost. There's some games where that can happen. You look at the, you know, like the series of the Super Bowl. The Chiefs line couldn't block anyone. You look at that game, you, you walked away from that game, you go, oh, yeah, no, like that, that makes sense. That's exactly why they lost. There's zero other reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even though the defense let up 31 points, I still think Mahomes with the offensive line puts up more than 31. I'm sitting there saying that's exactly why they lost. That 
a goaltending disadvantage is 100% the reason why the Penguins lost the game. Or the, the series, I'm sorry. Yeah. That we were better offensively. There were actually games where we out-hit the physical Islanders. It's game the six, Islanders, we out-hit them. The Islanders are a more physical team. We actually out-hit them. In two of the, in two of the we six. We looked a little bit more crisp on passes. Now, we didn't look as fast as I would have liked us to be. I think that's because we started trying to hit more. But at the end of the day, we were a more talented team. I thought... Well, I think Barry Trotz is a better coach than Sullivan, but I I don't think Sullivan's a bad coach. I don't think there was a huge coaching disadvantage. I think our defense is, you know, not great, but it's not... I'd say it's about equal with the Islanders. Our forwards are way better. Like, there wasn't an, a real disadvantage anywhere else. So moving... Except for Goldie. So moving forward, looking into the off season coming up, you know, and, and trying to put some... Trying to get some of these pieces fixed. Okay, so if you're the Penguins GM... What is the first move you're going to make? What are some moves you think we're going to see this off season? Um, you know, just give me like your top two takes here. I think uh, bringing in a goaltender, someone, just anyone. I think they're going to realize it too. We got to bring in a goaltender. That's going to happen. You know, as much as I want to sit here and say Malkin will get traded, I, I don't think he will. I don't think you know Mark Madden goes out and says Gens will be traded. First of all, I, I despise Mark Madden. I don't think I don't think he's great. I don't think he's great. Everyone everyone thinks he's great. I don't think he is a great commentator at all. Not a big fan. Or not a commentator, but you know, analyst. He's very emotional. Reacts with emotion. He's just sitting there saying Gensel's gonna be traded. He also was the one that hated T J Watt and thought T J Watt was gonna get traded. Are you out of your mind? T J Watt's not going anywhere. You, oh, come on now. Like let's let's wake up. He said Gensel's gonna be traded. I don't think so. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think any of the nucleus is gonna be traded. What I do think you're going to see, though, is a little bit of depth traded for another fringe star, like a Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter's not the best, but he's a really solid player. You saw him do it with Phil Kessel, where Phil Phil was good. He's not a top 20 player, though. He's a top 50 player. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a fringe star, I would say. I would not be surprised if you trade... Some, so you're gonna have to trade some decent pieces, like a, I don't know who are who are some of, some of our younger good players, like you saw them. They had to trade Benino back in the, you know, yeah. he's a good young motor Carl player. Hagelin. I don't want to say because I really like Tanev, but at the end of the day, like, actually, I don't think they trade Tanev because I think he's an energy guy. But you look at a guy like like a Teddy Bluger. I was just about to say Teddy Bluger or a Zach Aston Reese. Like some of these guys who are, you know, they're decently skilled offensively. You can see the ceiling. I think we have to trade some of them and maybe, maybe like a veteran, like a Crystal Tang. No, I don't think you. Yeah, no, he's one of your top five players. I, I have my reservations about Latang, but you can see he's our best defenseman. Unfortunately, uh, I'm trying to think of some defensemen. Maybe like a Cody CC. Yeah, I don't I'm like fine him. with that. And getting a a fringe star defenseman. You need one of the top. Even if we had to give up a Brian Dumoulin? I'd, I'd be on board with it because Dumo's aging a little bit. To get someone that's a little bit better and younger, mm-hmm. I would trade, you know, like a Dumoulin and a, and a Beluger. And maybe you'd throw a pick in there called a day. And you'd probably get some pretty... And get, you'd get a and nice get return. A, I want to get a decently young, up-and-coming defenseman that can help me now, but still has a little bit of a future. I know that they don't just grow on trees, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty decent trade package. Yeah, and what you want to do is try to find somebody like a Chris Letang who can be a leader in that locker room and a leader in that 
among the defense for years to come. Uh, find someone to build that culture. Because, I mean, you look at a guy like Latang. Latang played with Gonchar and Orpik and, yeah. and all of these big names that have come through Pittsburgh and played for the Penguins. I mean, Latang was there for all of it. Yeah. So having him in the locker room is a big piece of, of carrying that through. You have to find the next one, though. You can't yeah. get too comfortable. Like, let's be real. Latang's getting old. He's been making a lot of mistakes. There were a couple things that I really didn't like seeing from him in this playoff series yeah you're gonna need the next guy you're gonna need the next seasoned veteran that's with the team for like 20 30 years but you, you gotta find them <laughs> yeah 20 30 years <laughs> no i, I agree you, like gotta, you gotta find Mew. someone you gotta find someone just go out and draft another sid yeah that's, well, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> it just go get you know the best go, and, go and draft you know arguably a top three player of all time if you can't you're fired new yeah. scouting department yeah and also go get him a uh you know top 20 player of all time in Gina. Yeah. No, I don't think we're going to see anything drastic like a like a trading anything away from the the core nucleus. Now, let's talk about Sullivan. Hot seat. Mm, definitely. Definitely. I don't think he goes this off season. I'm going to make a prediction. I don't think he goes this off season. But you're a month or two into the season. You're little. You're a couple games under 500. You're not playing great. You're squeaking by. A lot of one one goal games. You're not playing well. You know you're 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 four or five games under 500. Then you go. You know you get humiliated on home ice by like the Capitals or something. I can see the next day Sullivan packing his bags. Yeah. I can see the next day. The Rutherford's not our GM anymore, but whoever the GM is now, come and knock on the door. You know. Here's a uh, here's a cardboard box. You're you're done. You know. Time to go, buddy. Yeah, you're, you're seven games under 500. We just got humiliated on home ice. You've been bounced two of the last three um, years in the first round. And now I know you're a good coach. I know you're getting to the playoffs. I know we're a very competitive hockey team. And that's a that's more than a lot of franchises ask. But we're not every other franchise. This is the Pittsburgh Penguins. We demand perfection. You know that very well. Be better. You won back to back cups. You know we demand the best. And you're just not it anymore. Period. Now I would not be surprised if two and a half months, two 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 months into the season next year, that happens. I don't know. We'll see. My prediction for that would be he doesn't lose his job now. I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh is that much of a reactionary city. I agree. You know what I mean? I mean we've had a lot of really bad, or not really bad, but For like a Steeler standard, we've had a bad year, like the past like two years. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just so. And we've been forgiving of Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin hasn't gone anywhere. He's had a couple of shaky seasons, right? Even Clint Hurdle, he stayed in this city for how long coaching the Pirates? And he had like two winning seasons yeah, in like 13 had, years. We had like with three, three wild card runs, only one of them we won. So, yeah. So, I don't think Sullivan goes now. But I wouldn't be surprised if we start to slip up midseason next, like next year. Seeing him go, I definitely think this puts him on thin ice. But I don't think he leaves yet. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. Couldn't have said it better. But uh, we are going to get to a break now. When we come back, we will have MLB updates. Just run through the MLB real quick, and then we will get to our game up, down, and sideways uh, about all the what is it five? Yeah, NFL five teams with Super NFL Bowl windows, teams, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
Hey guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raise Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raise Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, what's up? It's the issue back second segment. I would say beautiful Saturday, but it's not a beautiful Saturday. It was a terrible rainy Saturday. Terrible cold rainy Saturday, but... And the Penguins lost this past week, so yeah, it was the, just bad. On the bright side, you know, colder weather opens up more options for like for like a dinner for for food, you know, because you're not going to be wanting to eat something hot when it's hot. That's true. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe you will. Maybe you're well, mean, no, yeah, but, but like not outside though. Exactly. Now, now it's like fifty like, right now, but if it gets up to like mid sixties, that's perfect outdoor seating right, weather. Right. You know, down at sunset, it's about sixty-five. That's ideal. You right. Love to see it. No, I, I agree, but the MLB, it's, it's heating up. You know, we talked about it, I think, last week, just saying, you know, everyone's kind of settling in. You're seeing the bottom tier kind of melt down to the bottom tier. You're seeing the, the risers, you know, rise to the top, the good teams that we expected to be at the top. Um, you know, just some, some news here and there. Alec Manoa, right? He went to uh, West Virginia, I believe, right? Pitcher, mm-hmm. kind of a bigger guy. He's only made nine total minor league starts, called up to the Blue Jays. Pitch like six innings, two hits, like two walks at the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, I think. No, it was at Yankee Stadium. Debut, it was beautiful. Masterful. I think he had like six Ks. He, he pitched really well. Yeah. And uh, so that's good for him. Let's see some other news here in the MLB. Here we go. Uh, the Pirates in their last 10 are 3 and 7. Stunning. And they won two of them Stunning. today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat. They somehow found a team on their schedule that's worse than they are. The Rockies are worse. Yeah, the yeah. Rockies are really bad. I forget who I was talking to today, and I was like, yeah, no. They actually won both games. Like, wait, really? And I'm like, yeah, you know, evidently the, the Rockies are actually worse somehow. I don't know how, but they are. Yeah. Um, the Pirates are 20-31. and 31. Okay. If you, don't, if you don't know, that's a 392 winning percentage. They're in dead um, last, I'm guessing. How many games back at first? They are, let's take a guess here. We guess so the Car- Cardinals are in first, right? No. Nope. The Cubs. Well, actually, Cardinals and Cubs are tied for first. Okay, their record is probably what, like 28 and 24? I'm not telling you. That'll tell you how many games back they are. Well, no, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm running through it, so that would be eight games back. I'm going to go out on a limit, so they're going to be... Eight and a half games back. Pirates are nine games back. Nine games back. Yeah. Good lord. I mean, I'm close without going over, but whatever. Uh, yeah, nine games back. I was gonna guess nine too. That's upsetting. There are two teams that are worse than us. You want to? Or three teams that are worse than us. Um, can I guess? Yeah. The Rockies. Yep. The Tigers. Nope. No. Nope. Um. Hold up. Hold up. Not the Tigers. Wow. Yeah. Tigers uh, have one more win than we do. Hold up. I'm thinking. I don't know. Hit me with it. The Orioles. Yeah. The, the Rockies. And the Twins. And the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. <laughs> yeah. Diamondbacks are 18 and 34. Wow. 
they're really bad too. They're zero and ten in their last ten. <laughs> Jeez, can you imagine? Um, I think I would live in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not much different living here. I mean, yeah, that's true. We're what, cheering for a the Pirates, game, like, a game up on them, like two or something, yeah. something like that. Uh, you know, the Pirates are really bad. Other MLB news, though. Corey Kluber he threw a no hitter. Was that about a week, a week and a half ago now? Um, ends up getting shut down. Oh, I'm sorry. How many? How long ago did he throw the no hitter? It was about it was about a week ago now. Yeah, almost. It was a week and a half ago against the Rangers. He uh, shut down until late July. So for about four weeks, he had shoulder tightness. It's kind of a blow for the Yanks, considering their weakness is starting pitching. Right, you got Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone, which is crazy that that's you know those are your first two pitchers, and you're like, oh, we have a pretty weak you know rotation. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the Buckos had both of them. But anyway. You know, Kluber was one of the guys for him. He was, he's had, having a decent season, and uh, it's kind of rough, kind of rough for the Yankees. But let's see, in other baseball news, except this is not good news, I guess, Marcelo Zuna arrested for aggravated assault and battery. Yeah, definitely not uh, good news. So the Braves outfielder, uh, Zuna was arrested today in San Diego, or not San Diego, I'm sorry, Sandy Springs, Georgia. Um, and charged with aggravated assault, strangulation, and misdemeanor battery. Was, I guess it was a family incident. They don't know who the victim was, but he was had a really good season last year. He was in the MVP running. Wasn't too good this year, but he was on the I.L. anyway with two broken fingers. He was set to miss five to six weeks. Who knows how long now. He's got a, a whole big issue to deal with now. I'm guessing he'll appeal any suspension he gets. Also, you know, legal issues as well. He'll probably post bail or whatever, but, you know. He's in the first year of a four-year, $65 million contract. So the Braves are sitting there thinking, not good. Not good for them. Not good for him. Not not great news there. Not great news. Uh, some kind of funny news, though, to kind of offset that. Out of the... Okay. Wow. That is kind of funny. Okay, so Otani. Okay. He's scra- he was scratched from the start. On May 27th, so two days ago. Okay. He was scratched from the start, and he was a DH because he arrived late to the field. Him and some other players arrived late to the field due to traffic issues. The team was, or a couple of players were late to the Oakland Coliseum after a car crashed for some of the Angels to use public transportation to get to the game. Otani was late to the game, and he was scratched from making the start and was put in the DH slot instead. Could you imagine being on a bus in Oakland and just being like, <laughs> is that, is that, is that Mike Trout? <laughs> I don't know if Trout was one of the guys. Probably not. He would That would have been more notable. But could you imagine looking at me like, is that Shohei Otani the only player to have a season with 15 home runs and 50 strikeouts? He's done it twice now. Is that the? It's like seeing Derrick Henry. Another two historic seasons, <laughs> right. right there, circling back. That'd be like seeing them him on a on a bus. Could you imagine that? Otani's a big dude too. Yeah, well, you would recognize him if you know baseball. You recognize him. really big, big dude. dude. Throws really hard. Hits the ball really far. <laughs> An AL MVP candidate for sure. Definitely in the top seven, probably. Yeah. That's a cool that, story. That is, that is cool. That's funny. It's funny. Um, so let's get into up, down, or sideways. Uh, this is a game where we take a team, a person, really anything, 
and figure out if their if their stock is going to be trending up, down, or if it's not going anywhere. Just kind of kind of hold it, kind of yeah, we'll plateauing. See. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with plateauing as long as you're plateauing at a peak or at the top. You don't want to plateau down at the bottom. You know, you yeah, don't want to yeah. create a valley. Yeah, All right. hills. No, I agree. We're looking for hills. So this one today is going to be. What is their stock? Are they trending up? Are they going to win a Super Bowl? Are they trending away from a Super Bowl? Or are they just kind of sliding sideways? Kind of sideways, you know, maybe close but need another piece, something right. like that, right? Um, so you're going to play. I want to hear your reasoning. We've got right. five NFL franchises here. And this is this morning today for this next season? or yes, for are this talking? upcoming season. Got it. Draft stock to win the Super Bowl. Is it going up, down, or sideways? Starting off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I don't think they're going to win it. But I guess, so trending, you have to take where they were and where they're going. Yes. So I would say they're trending up. Okay. You go from Gardner Minshew to a, to a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. That's obvious. You upgrade a coach. Doug Marone's not very not very creative, not a very culture-building type guy. Probably a good coordinator, a good position coach, um, a good grown-up in the room. But I think Urban Meyer's a game-changer. And uh, like I said, Trevor Lawrence is, is a generational talent. They upgraded their receiving core, their uh, their backfield Defense is still kind of shaky, but they upgraded a little bit. And uh, they also upgraded on the offensive line. So they're doing a lot of the right things. I think you need to start building a little bit of defense. But at the same time, you get a franchise quarterback, protecting him is your number one. Like giving him options and protecting him. Those that those are the next two. If those are in line, then you go to defense. So they're doing all the right things. You'd have to say trending up, although I don't think they're going to win it. Okay. Um, so this team, you know, Looked really good last year, made a run, but you know now some drama unfolding. The Green Bay Packers, I would say trending down. No, I mean so you, you can't keep your Pro Bowl center Corey Lindsley. He goes to San Diego, or not San Diego, I guess LA, the LA Chargers. They sign him, so you lose a Pro Bowl center. Your offensive line's gonna get worse. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers is gonna play? And if he does, he's missing OTAs. Although I don't think it's that big for a veteran. It is something. It's not everything, but it is something. Uh, you were able to re-sign Aaron Jones, so I guess that's fine. You're under the coaching staff, that's fine. Still underwhelming weapons outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Or not DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Oh, my God. Devontae Adams, sorry. Yep. Uh, and then the defense lost a couple pieces here and there. I don't think they're great. I think the, their pick in the first round, I don't even remember who it was. Eric Stokes out of Georgia, I want to say. A, a DB. Kind of underwhelming. He was, he was one of those guys where he, he was a senior and so he had a lot of experience. He's a very win-now guy. He's going to be minimum average now, very low-ceiling guy. Never was the best corner on his team. He was always very average. Uh, until his senior year, he was the best corner, but not by a lot. I don't I don't think it's a great pick. So I would go trending down. You'd have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. If Jordan if Jordan loves your, your week one starter, they've come out and said he's not ready. I don't think he's ready. You know, you heard Jarrett Stidham isn't a good quarterback. You heard rumblings that he was going to replace Brady. Yeah, there's no one even close to being like. Oh, I think Jordan loves the guy, you know. So I, I would go trending down. Okay, next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers, hometown team. What, what are you thinking after this draft? Looking into the season, are they trending up, down, or sideways? Now I think they're going to be better, but with that being said, I think they're trending down. So let me explain why. You lose a guy like Stephen Nelson. He was a very good corner. You know, he was very underrated. But you look at his stats. What was it? You look at the stats when Stephon Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year. So not this year, but the, the previous year. Nelson actually had better stats in every category than him. 
Um, so I think Steven Nelson was an underrated piece that we're going to miss. You lose Bud Dupree, the defense is just not going to be as good. Another year aging as well on Cam Hayward, Stephon Tua, Devin Bush coming back from injury. Rob we have no brilliant. idea. Haven't even got the offensive side of the ball yet. You lose Marquise Pouncey, Alvo and Nueva, who I had my reservations about, gone, but I can't sit here and say that his replacement's going to be that much better. Marquise Pouncey, that's a, that's a Hall of Fame center. I don't think he was playing at his best, but it's a Hall of Fame center. You lose him. Now, I do like Najee. I like Pat Freermuth. And I, even though Ben's aging, I think he's going to be better this year because I think they're going to sit there and go, oh, maybe we shouldn't throw the ball 60 times a game. And I think it's going to be a much better offense. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, I can't say that they're trending. You know, I'm going to go sideways on this one. Okay. I'm going to go sideways. I, I initially said down. I'm going to go sideways because I, I don't think they're going to be any worse than they were last year. I think they might be a game or two better. And they might get, you know, the three or four seed if they win their division. But Baltimore got better. Cleveland got better. I think they're, at this point, fighting for a wild card spot. Mm. And to be quite frank, I don't think they're as talented as and dynamic as, like, a, you look at other people um, oops, sorry, vying for a, uh, a wild card spot. You're looking at either Cleveland or Baltimore. I think they're more talented. Um, whoever doesn't win between Indy and presumably um, the Titans are the two best teams in that division, maybe even the Jaguars, I think. Indy and, and Tennessee are both better teams this morning. Even though Tennessee, I said earlier, is a mediocre franchise without Derrick Henry, they do have Derrick Henry, so they're not mediocre. They're fairly good. I think Mike Rebel's a good coach. They're going to be able to run the ball down your throat. There's a lot of teams in the AFC that are more talented. The Chargers, I think, are more talented. They're all vying for that the wild card spot. So I think we get one. I don't think it's easy, and I don't think you, we win a playoff game. So I, it's hard to say trending up because I think we end up in the same place. At the end of the day, knock down the wild card round. Yep. Uh, so Steelers sideways now moving into a team you mentioned, the Los Angeles Chargers. That's easy, trending up. You look at, they had the worst, by pro football, by pro football focus, the worst offensive line last year. Justin Herbert was phenomenal behind a terrible offensive line. I think he gets a lot better because they upgraded with Christian Derrissaw, Corey Lindsley, the, the Pro Bowl center from Green Bay. A lot of good pieces. You lose Hunter Henry, but I don't know if he was that dynamic. I think he'll be good in New England. You didn't need him. It was almost like, you know, we have enough here. We, we're not we're not going to pay him. Um, you get Derwin James back. You get Joey Bosa healthy. Not Joey. Nick Bosa, I'm sorry. No. No Joey. Joey Bosa. You get Joey Bosa healthy. Melvin Ingram is going to come back healthy as well. They get healthier on defense. They upgraded on the offensive line. They already have good weapons. Herbert in another year is going to be really good. They're trending up all day. I think they're one of those teams where, first of all, I think Herbert is should be in the top 10 in odds to win MVP. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think the Chargers, don't be surprised if you look up and they're 10-7, and 11-6. I really think they're going to be a fairly good team, probably one of the top, um, probably the top wildcard spot, I think, or the second one behind maybe Cleveland or Baltimore. All right. Last spot here on the list, Indianapolis Colts. I I would go trending up. I think with Phillip Rivers departing, you get more dynamic at quarterback. Now, we don't know with Carson Wentz. This is obviously a prediction. This, this is just a prediction. But um, I just think they get way more dynamic at quarterback with Carson Wentz. Yeah, he had a bad season last year, but look what he did under Frank Reich. He was phenomenal. Phillip Rivers had his one of his best seasons last year as their as the Colts quarterback under Frank Reich. Andrew Luck was the best he's ever been under Frank Reich. 
he knows quarterbacks. I think he's going to help Wentz a lot. I think Jonathan Taylor with another year in the league is going to be good. That offensive line is still really good. Michael Pittman another year. Uh, I, I, they went out and got some weapons. None of them are too good, but more depth definitely helps. Definitely and, enough uh, to say trending up. Oh, yeah, and then you get a pass rusher like Quiddy Pay alongside of, um, oh, God, so, uh, not Solomon Thomas. Oh, good Lord. DeForest Buckner, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, that's a decent um, pass rusher. You got a guy like Darius Leonard uh, in the middle there. Their back end's fairly strong. So, yeah, I, I really like where that team's going. I, it's hard to not say up. Definitely up. Definitely agree there. Um, so that was up, down, sideways. That's all the teams. Just roll through that. And pretty much all we have for you guys to th- for today. Yeah, so like um, we said, go subscribe, go follow, go download. That way you can listen to it on the road. Right, you don't even need Wi-Fi. No, don't even need Wi-Fi. No, not even cellular data. You have it downloaded. It's exactly. right there. You can listen to us on a plane, in a submarine. Yeah. You just, know, just download it when you're in Cleveland. Your, when you're sitting around packing while you're packing all your clothes, just set it on your nightstand, hit the little download button, let it load. I don't even know how long it takes. I don't yeah. think it takes long. If you're thinking of traveling to Cleveland, make sure you download our episode because, you know, we all know Cleveland. They don't even have Wi-Fi. The mistake on the lake. They don't even, yeah. Look, they don't even have, like, a trash service. Their streets are lined in garbage. It's horrible over yeah, there. Yeah, it's Baker Mayfield. Just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, but follow our Instagram, at the underscore issue podcast. Then go over to our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. Okay, no underscores in Twitter, just at the issue podcast. We have our link tree in both of our Twitter and Instagram bio, so go to the link tree. Um, You know, you can get to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Click on the website if you don't listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That'll take you to all the other platforms that we're on. And we're yeah. on, like, I think eight or nine of them now. It'll take you to um, Anchor, which then from there has links to any other. Exactly. Um, Pocket else Cast, you need. Radio yeah. Public. There's a lot of different platforms. Uh, There's a lot of different ways to listen to us. But thanks for listening, guys. We, we appreciate will be you back. stopping by for sure. Exactly. So uh, thank you. We will be back within the next couple of days. Uh, more news to discuss. So, guys, thanks for listening to The Issue.